Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Now, I am so tempted to go in so many directions for this because this is a principle. How many know the, the, uh, the Bible is so practical and yet so spiritual? If we would understand that uh, the, the practicality of the spirituality of God, then we could take our spiritual lives and connect it with practical lives and we would be blessed in every area. But it seems like sometimes we want to separate the spiritual side of us from the natural side of us. Can I tell you the principles all remain the same? Remember the last time we taught, we took the principle of darkness and light. And if you can understand that principle, you can understand the principle of good and evil. That's the way God set it up. So today I'm going to be, uh, I'm not going to fall for the temptation to go to the practical side to let you know you need a plan in your finances. You need a plan in your health. Anybody planning to be healthy? Wow. Well, let me ask it another way. Is anybody doing anything about it? Because a plan is only a plan when a plan is initiated, right? So there's practical ways that you might be asking God to heal you something of, amen, that the reason you're not healed is because you hadn't got a plan to be healthy. Y'all ain't going to help me at all this morning. That's okay. I'm going to preach anyway. Amen. You might be uh, praying for a financial blessing because your finances are a little, little tight when in reality it's not a blessing from God you need. It's a plan from God. Uh, and, and I've just seen that in so many areas of our life that the practicality of the spiritual concepts of God are just amazing. Uh, but anyway, we're going to try to go in, in some direction this morning. Grab your Bibles and open with me now to... Uh, i got two different places to read and several scriptures but let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 verse number 9 uh, I do want to announce I don't know if it got announced I may have missed it that this evening is our uh, family day uh, at 6 o'clock 6 o'clock this evening, we're all joining here. They got jumper or something out there for the kids. There'll be horseshoes and the pit will be fired up and we're just going to hang out. Yes, sir? Yes, if you could, if you could just bring some kind of dessert. Uh, y'all are cooking something on the pit, right? If you, if you want to bring anything, just bring something that just snack food or some type of dessert and we'll provide everything else. That's at 6 o'clock. It'll be over here on the left side of this building today. Uh, they may even hang a, a game of softball out there or something. I don't know. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Look to your neighbor and tell him, get a plan. Get a plan. Uh, it should be said, get the plan. Get the plan. There is the plan for you. Amen. And that plan may not work for somebody else, and you got to be careful not to take somebody else's plan. God's got a plan for you. And if I do justice to this concept this morning, you're going to realize that God wants to, uh, uh, He wants to reveal to you His plan for you. Not to me, to you, but to you as an individual. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, But as it is written... Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the, the plans God has for you. Are you following me? 
Your natural mind cannot receive. Y'all just be seated. Thank you for honoring God's word. We, we give honor to that. But this scripture is literally saying that you're not smart enough to know what God has intended for you. He said, your, your little natural brain cannot even wrap around all the great things God has prepared. Somebody shout prepared. Yeah. Means it's already sitting there waiting on you. Now that's big, isn't it? It's already there. It was established from the very foundations of the world. Amen. And I'm afraid a lot of us is going to die before we ever tap into everything God had planned for us. But if, if you'll get this sermon today, God's going to reveal it to you so that you can begin to walk in his plan for your life. And let me tell you this. I know you got it going on, but his plan will blow your plan out of the water. You think it's good now? You wait till you get into God's plan. It's a level of fulfillment that you, can, you, you can't wrap your mind around. And that's what the writer's trying to say here. He said, eyes never seen it, ears never heard it. It ain't even never entered into your thoughts with your great imagination all that God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10, but God, somebody shout, but God. But God has revealed them to us. How? See there, you, you can't get it through this little pea brain of yours. Amen? I don't care how smart you are. So this plan is so divine and supernatural by level, uh, uh, supernatural by nature that it has to be revealed to you by the Spirit of God. And you got to be careful sometimes when God reveals to you His plan for you to tell other people about it. Because other people will look at you as you. Oh, my God. And God's plan is so far beyond you that people around you say, yeah, right. And they will bust your bubble. Can I get a witness? So sometimes when you get God's plan, you just got to be quiet. You, you, you just got to be quiet about it. Amen. He said, but, but God has revealed this plan. He's revealed these things that God has given uh, to us. He's revealed it to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth who? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man. But the spirit of God. Don't nobody know what his plan is for you but the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So you got to be careful when other people start trying to give you a plan for your life. As good as it may sound, I guarantee you it cannot touch God's plan for your life. Are y'all receiving this? I know I'm just reading, but uh, I'm already preaching. So nobody... no. Knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Now let's read this all out loud together. Are you ready? The rest of it. That we might. There you go. Read it. 
I don't know, man don't know, but we have a spirit, a Holy Spirit that came from God so that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. Huh? High five your neighbor right now and tell them you can know. You're supposed to know. God wants you to know. Uh, uh, I have a scripture on my Bible cover. It says, it's Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, I think. Uh, where God said, I know the plans I have for you. Uh, what? Look at this girl. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That word thoughts there translates plans. Can I tell you something? What good is it for God to have a plan for my life if I don't know the plan? We can shout over the scripture, oh God, I know the plans. He said, I, I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I think towards you. It's thoughts of peace to give you an expected end, meaning I done got it all mapped out what I want you to do. But today we're going to stop and say, okay, God, if you got a plan for my life, I need to know what it is. Because if I don't, I'm just walking around saying you got a plan for my life and I never get to enjoy the fulfillment of it. Okay, back to our text. 13, right? Which things also we speak. Once we get the plan, we can begin to speak it. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. That's why I said you got to be careful sharing God plans. Because it'll look ridiculous to a lot of carnal people. For they are foolishness to him, neither can he know them. Somebody read it with me. Because they are spiritually discerned. God's got a plan for you that can only be identified, accessed, picked up on by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Okay, turn with me to Luke chapter number 14, verse number 27. Luke 14, 27, I want to read a parable to you. And 14 and 15 is just famous for the parables that Jesus used in trying to make a point or bring in revelation. 14, 27 says, And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending, underline that in your Bible, highlight it on your phone, amen. The word intending here literally means stretching in all directions. The word intending here actually means to expand. So Jesus is speaking to people who have a passion, zeal, desire to expand. That's the only people I'm preaching to this morning. I'm preaching to visionaries this morning. Amen. If you have no goals, have no desires, you're happy where you are, amen, you, you ought to pull your phone out and go texting some buddies, check your Facebook. He's talking to people who have a desire to advance in their life. If any of you who are desiring to expand, he said, any of you that's wanting to stretch out in all directions, amen, which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counts the cost? Whether he has sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him saying, this man began to build and he was not able to finish it. 
Or what king going to war against another king? And what you got to understand, when a king was going to war, it was because he was ready to expand his kingdom. Okay? So we're dealing with two scenarios of two different individuals on an individual level and on a corporate level of two entities that's wanting to grow. They're wanting to go. Am I talking to anybody in this building? Amen. They're sick of status quo and they're wanting to move forward. What king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth? Means deliberate, determine, get advice. I see the vision. I see what I want to do. Now I got to sit down and get good counsel and come up with a plan. He consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that come against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. In this text, Jesus uses two very different perspectives for one very important concept. In this text, Jesus is dealing with two missions to be accomplished. One of which, like I said, is on an individual level and one is on a corporate level. Today, I want to lead Life Church in a direction that is on a corporate level finding the plan of God for Life Church. Will you go with me? But while we're doing that, God has an individual plan for each and every one of you. Can you say amen? So he's, he's dealing with two different missions to be accomplished, one which is on an individual level, the other on a corporate level. He's talking about building, and he's talking about warfare. But the objective of this parable is not the missions. Go with me. The objective of this parable is not the endeavors at hand, but the objective of the, the, the parable is the importance of getting a plan before you embark on the mission. You follow me this morning. Amen. And he teaches it in a way that insinuates how foolish it would be to embark on an endeavor of such importance and not have a plan. He said it'd be foolish. You're going to end up looking like a fool. They're going to end up mocking you if you don't get a plan to accomplish something of this magnitude. Here's the problem. A plan requires that you see the end of a thing from the beginning. Are you following me? I said a plan requires, you better write that down, that you see the end of a thing from the beginning because means cannot be initiated until an end has been established. In other words, I can't, I can't, uh, if, if, if I, if I want to go to Monroe, I have to know where I'm going before I get in my car. Right? Because if I don't have a plan, I just get in my car and start driving. <laughs> hey. Well, that's a picture of the church. How y'all doing? Where are you going? I ain't sure. <laughs> I'm just going. Well, how you going to know when you get there? I don't know. You have to know the end of a thing from the beginning. Amen. I don't know if any of y'all's ever built a house. I don't know if any of y'all's ever built a shed. 
I know Freddie has. He's got a million cow sheds out there. And even in the way you build, and I know how you build, I helped you do it. (laughs) That there has to be some idea in your mind what you're building before you can ever start building. Even if it comes to you while you're building, you have to see it in your mind. Amen. Me and Freddie, we don't use a tape measure when we build. We put it up and back off at the road saying, looks good from here. I'm talking about most of your lives right now. So a plan requires that you see the end of a thing from the beginning. And then when you see the goal and you see where you want to be, how healthy you want to be, how much you want to weigh, where your finances are, where you want your spirit to be, now you have something that will establish the means to get there. So in other words, without establishing that, then you have nothing to hold you within boundaries to get you there. That's why the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. If you have no direction, you don't have nothing to keep you. If I don't know I'm going to Monroe, I may get to the red light and take a left. But if I know where I'm going, I know I must take a right, even if my flesh is saying, take a left, take a left. Oh, my God. Come on now. I'm already preaching. Are you listening to me? Amen. Even though everything within me is saying, take a left, take a left. I'm I'm in my own exercise plan, my own personal plan for my own personal health. Amen. And it requires, when I know what I want, I know what I want my blood pressure to be, and I started my goal. Amen. And sometimes I find myself sitting on my porch, strapping on my tennis shoes, saying, I don't want to do this today. Is anybody listening to me? I don't want to do this today. I don't feel like walking. I don't feel like running. But my plan demands, my desire demands, the ends demand that there has to be means to get to the end. And we want to come in, and that's a practical principle, but we want to come into this thing serving God thinking that we're gambling or something, that hopefully I pull the lever and get three bananas. And boom, I'm healthy. Boom, I'm blessed. Boom, my finances. Amen. When in reality, it takes a plan to get where you want to be. You can't come in here on a Sunday morning and hope God moves. We got to get in the presence of God, find God's will for a Sunday morning, and then come on Sunday morning and execute the plan. Amen. How'd y'all like that plan this morning? Sometimes. So in other words, God help me here. A plan says you have seen something in the spirit that does not exist in the natural. Right? A plan says, let's bring it down to your natural. It says you've seen something in here. Now you got to do whatever it takes to get what you've seen in here built on your property. You got you to get what you've seen in here to come to a reality. Okay, so a plan says you've seen something in your spirit. And this uh, uh, parable proves that for it says what man intended, what man, amen, who, who is a visionary, what man who is intended to expand, what man who is intended to build, don't sit down first and count the cost. May I submit to you, uh, uh, I, I've never built a home, but I did an extensive remodel. So in anything you build, you got to see it before you build it. 
Right? So if he's going to count the cost, then he already knows where every light socket's going to be. He knows where every light fixture's going to be. Are you following me? He knows exactly what the, uh, the faucets looks like in the lavatory in the bathroom. Amen. Some of you builders following me. Amen. He's done seen every bit of that in the night, in his spirit, in his mind. And now he begins to work towards seeing the reality of that thing manifested in his life. Having said all of that, how can you walk in God's plan for your life if you've never seen it. How can you reach the desired end that God has for you if it's never been revealed to you? Here's the problem with that. We have accepted the fact that we do a lot of praying, but we don't expect to do a lot of hearing. I want to submit to you this morning another level of prayer. There is a level of prayer where you go in making your petitions known to God. I believe in that. But there is a level of prayer to where you go into prayer not to ask God to do anything, but to find out what God's already planned for your life. Well, what if your prayer life went to that level to where you come before God and you're not saying, okay, God, this, 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 light bill, this. I'm not telling you anything to do. I just want to find out what you've already done. I want to find out what is your perfect will for this situation in my life. Well, what if I, I stirred you up enough to go in believing, amen, that eye has not seen, ears not heard, it's never entered into the heart of the man, the things that he has lavishly poured into your life, and you just go into prayer saying, I want to see the things that's already been given to me. I want to see the plan that's already been established for my life. Oh my God, can y'all even receive this this morning? Amen. God, if you got a plan, it's not doing me any good if I don't know what it is. And my Bible says that, that no man knows what it is but the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is able to reveal it to me. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Come on, shake your neighbor and tell them I want to know. I want to know. Act like you want to know. I like you want to know. Now, some of you are just content, but I know I'm preaching to somebody. Amen. And what started this sermon, amen, was me in this sanctuary praying one day, and the Holy Spirit had me pray. Anybody ever been there? When you just pray something, you say, whoa, where'd that come from? And I prayed and said, God, what is the end of life, church? In other words, what is she supposed to look like? What, what is she supposed to do? What's her vein? What's, what's her direction? What's her mission? Amen. I, I'm tired of just coming every Sunday and having a service and going on. I want to know God's perfect will for life, church. Amen. And then when I know, I can start moving her in that direction. I can start executing the means to get to that. My God. He said it's the same way for you on an individual level. It's the same way. There are some things, listen to me, that you're not planning for. There's some things that you're not even initiating the means to receive because you have not heard. 
You haven't even received the revelation of that's who you are. Oh my God, did you catch that right there? Some of you should be making big plans. Some of you should be shuffling your finances around. Some of you should be shuffling your lifestyle around. Some of you should be cutting some things out and adding some things to. Some of you ought to be changing some relationships. Some of you ought to be cutting some things off, laying aside some weights. Oh God, laying aside some sins. Laying aside. Why? Because you caught a revelation of who and what you're supposed to be. But some of us are not even in a planning stage because we have not seen and we have not heard. I'm just struggling along and I do my prayer every day. May I submit something to you? That faith is seeing it in the invisible realm and then faith without is what? So faith is me seeing the finished product. Oh my God. Faith is seeing the mission I'm supposed to tackle. Faith is seeing the direction that I'm supposed to go in. And then works comes because of what I saw, I am now moving in that direction. Shake your neighbor and say, it's time to get moving. It's time to get moving. You're sitting there, ain't even got a plan, ain't even got a direction. We just come by or whatever that is. He's just sitting here riding pews and going to heaven. Amen. Are you listening to me? No will, no plan, no direction. Amen. We, we, we think faith is simply throwing something up to God we want Him to do when faith is not even initiated till I go to a place with God and find out what He's already done and then I begin to speak it. Oh God, can y'all receive that this morning? I want to show you something. Faith hears it. Faith sees it in the invisible realm and said, that's it. God said, that's you. God said, that's the mission. There it is. And then you begin to move towards what you have already seen in the spirit. We got it backwards. You so saw it and you so believe it and you're so believing for expansion it has you motivated. Kind of like the, the 10 lepers that came to Jesus. Amen. They wanted to be healed. And Jesus told the 10 lepers, go show yourself to the priest. In other words, they caught a revelation. Amen. Because if you went and showed yourself to the priest, that means you were healed. So they caught the revelation, I am healed. But they couldn't see it in the natural. But they began to move towards what they saw in the spirit. Oh my God. They begin to move towards what they saw in the Spirit. And as they planned, as they walked out what they received in the Spirit, the miracle came into their life. Somebody high five your neighbor and tell them, walk it out. Amen. Walk it out. Get the plan. Find out what he's saying and then begin to move in that direction. Your greatest temptation. They could have said, well, I still don't have no toes. Oh my God. I'm telling you. Well, I still lost some fingers. I don't see no fingers come back yet. Amen. 
I, I'm still missing my ears and you're telling me to go show myself to the priest. But no, they received something that their minds could not receive. They received it in their spirit. Be careful that you don't let your mind talk your spirit out of the plan that God has for your life. Because just because you don't see it, just because you don't feel it, just go to walk. God Almighty, just go to walking it out, walking it out, walking it out. They said, Lord, we need some water. The army did. And God said, okay, you want water? Dig some ditches. So they caught the revelation in the spirit and then they begin to prepare what they knew. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me. They begin to prepare for what they knew was coming. They wasn't digging and said, boy, I hope it happens. They were digging in expectation of what was coming. Oh my God, I could get hung up right there at all times. All, all day. But let me show you something. Acts chapter number 2 verse 17. You know, we throw the prayer around our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer is useless if you don't know what Thy will is for the earth. It's just it's verbiage. Because how am I supposed to execute a will that I don't even know what it is? Look at this scripture. Have we got any spirit-filled believers in this church? Few. That's a start. If you're a spirit-filled believer. You have been given a gift to see in the invisible realm and hear things that your ears cannot hear. Are y'all ready for this this morning? Acts chapter number 2, verse number 17. The, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. We always emphasize on the speaking in tongues. Now, I'm a firm believer when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going to speak in tongues. And we focus on speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. And we get sidetracked seeking after a, a, a tongue instead of the Holy Spirit himself. So I don't want to belittle that at all because that's one of my greatest assets in my prayer time is praying in the Spirit. It's one of the most powerful things you can do. But the Spirit's poured out. They speak in languages that they didn't know. And then Peter comes out and everybody in the city is saying, these people are drunk. They must have been acting crazy. They must have been staggering around, laughing, carrying, carrying on. They was doing something because the whole city said, these folks have just tied one on. But Peter comes out preaching saying, these people are not drunk as you suppose they're drunk. In other words, they're under the influence of something, but not under the influence of what you think they're under. He said, this is that spoken. Give me 16. Does that, what's 16 say right there, Nisha? This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters will what? And your young men shall see, and your old men shall. He said, this is going to be the sign that you're a spirit-filled believer. 
This is going to be one of the earmarks of a spirit-filled believer. They're going to see things in the spirit that they don't see in the natural yet. They're going to be visionaries. Spirit-filled people ought to be visionaries. They ought to be seeing things that God is showing them. They ought to be hearing things that God is saying. He said, when this Holy Spirit is poured out, He said, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men are going to start seeing visions. Your old men are going to dream dreams. And, And I want you to catch what's happening here before I move on. In the Old Testament, you was a prophet or not. And the prophet was the only seer. Not the king, not anybody else. The prophet was the only one who could hear what God was saying and see what God was doing and he would bring that word to the king. So now here stand, and this was a big deal with that religious church that he's preaching to right now. They're not used to just anybody hearing the voice of God. They're not used to anybody being able to see what God is trying to show them or hear what God is saying. And he said, let me tell you what, your sons and daughters are going to start hearing from God. When this Holy Spirit comes into a man, Joel said, they're going to start seeing what uh, visions, they're going to start having dreams. He said, and on your servants and uh, on my servants and on my handmaidings what I pour out in these days and they shall prophesy. Now he's telling them that little servant girl that's working for you and she's washing everybody's feet that's coming in your house and she's bringing a little tub of water and sitting down. When she receives the Holy Spirit, she's going to be able to hear what God's saying just like you priests are. Amen. Shake your neighbor and tell them he's talking about you. Uh, You may not be the servant of this house, but you are a son and a daughter of this house and you have the same spirit living in you to hear what God is saying about your future. You don't thank God for the words of knowledge and thank God for the prophetic utterance standing up here coming into your life. Amen. But can I submit to you, you don't need somebody prophesying in your life. You can go into your own quiet time and prayer time and say, God, what are you saying? I want to know your plan for my life. And not only for your life, He said that you can so be in communion with God that you can prophesy into other people's lives. My God, are you listening to me? Amen. We always want the word, want the word, want the word. God said, I want you to enter into a place that you hear what I'm saying. Prophesy, it means to foretell the future for one thing, but it also means to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, to hear what he's saying and share it with somebody else. Oh my God, are you catching this this morning? He said, when the Spirit comes, I'm doing away with this one man hearing from the Lord and I want every individual to realize I can know the place plan of God for my life. My God, are are y'all getting this this morning? This is some of the best news I ever heard. It is God's plan to articulate or his will to articulate his plan for your life. If I could just get you believing that. On Wednesday night, I'm teaching on the just shall live by their faith, meaning you can only live at the level you believe. 
So if you don't believe God's got a plan and you don't believe he's able to articulate it to you, you're never going to hear it. But if I can stretch you this morning to say, wait a minute. I may not know what God has for me, but I've been given the Holy Spirit who can search the deep things of God and He can reveal them to me and then I can begin to walk in what I know He's called me to do. Man, that's good news to me. Somebody ought to just give the Lord a hand, pray. Help me worship. Just help me praise Him for that. Amen. I'm challenging life, church. Let's don't go another day without knowing the will of God, without knowing the plan of God. I know there's a generic will, you know, to walk above sin and above reproach. I understand all that. There's a written will. We have the word of God. But there is an individualized plan for your life that God wants you to know. What if you shut up for a minute in your prayer time? Or I got a better one for you. What if you prayed? Oh, that wasn't right. Because here's the deal. This can only be found in that intimate, I don't like that word, but I'm going to use it, that close communion with God. That's the only place it can be found. Because I found, or are y'all still all right? The Bible says Peter went to some friend's house. He was going to eat. But they didn't have the food ready yet, so he said, I'm going to go up on the rooftop and pray. So the Bible says, while Peter was on the rooftop praying, he fell into a trance. So Peter said, I'm going to position myself to hear what God is saying. I'm going to position myself to see what God is doing. And he fell into a trance. Now, I don't want to mystify that or get all wooey here this morning. Amen. But a trance is when your mind is kicked in neutral because you're so focused on supernatural things. So he positioned himself in a place to where he kicked his mind in neutral and quit thinking all this carnal stuff. Huh? Amen. You ever been praying? Text me, Josh. You ever been praying? You know, you're just in there praying and making, you know, call me. Amen. You know, you're just praying and letting God know uh, 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 all the things you need and letting him know, you know, light bills look tight. This, excuse me, Lord. Hello? Hey, dude, what are you doing? Huh? Fishing? Yeah, we go fishing. You hang up on me? Oh, hey, Jermaine. What's going on, dude? Huh? Amen. Then you lay it down and go back to prayer. If you want to know what God has for you, you got to position yourself to where you kick your mind in neutral. Amen. And you're so got your focus on God, he can say, now I can give you the plan. Now I can start speaking to you. Can y'all receive this this morning? Peter fell into a trance. He was so focused on what God wanted him to do in his life that the Bible says he fell into a trance and a great big sheet came down. Y'all remember that? Had four corners, all kind of unclean beasts. He was telling you to do this and do that, do this and do that. It was so personal that Peter said, Lord, I can't do that. 
He spoke back and said, Lord, I can't do that. I've never eaten anything common and unclean. I can't engage in that. Amen. And God said, don't you call anything I've called common and unclean. And he showed him the direction for his life. And when the trance was over, the Bible says, Peter began to meditate on these things. He then had to start thinking about what he just received in the spirit. My God, this is going over somebody's head right now. He, he started meditating on, amen. Then he started getting a plan and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, let me tell you what's going on. Three men are coming to get you. When they get there, you go with them. Can I tell you, God wants to get so personal with you and he so wants to reveal to you what his plan is. But we don't have the faith level to take us to a place in prayer that we can begin to receive his, his predetermined plan for us. So, so we can't walk in the predetermined will. I just wonder sometimes if prayer for even the sick should, should, should turn from begging God to do something to go in in prayer and find out what God has already done. Amen? What God has already done. I mean, Peter and John walked up to a crippled man and they told him to get up in the name of Jesus and he wouldn't get up. So Peter grabbed him by the hand and jerked him up. May I submit to you, Peter done seen the perfect will of God for that situation and he was just acting by faith on what he believed. That's the level he won't speak to you. Kobe preached here a while back and, and gave us a testimony of him driving down 165 and the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, I need you to turn down this road and go down here. In a sense, Kobe fell into a trance. He wasn't zombied out. You know, he wasn't rocking back and forth. But his mind got kicked in neutral and the Holy Spirit gave him the plan that he was able to, by faith, start working out the plan. My God, are y'all getting this this morning? He said, in these last days, he said, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh so that uh, you can start hearing what God has for you, so you can start knowing. And I began to think about the ministry to Jesus. Have you ever studied how much Jesus prayed? He was constantly going to the mountain in prayer. And when he would come back from the mountain, he would say things like, I'm just saying what I heard the Father say. I'm just doing what I saw the Father doing. So in Jesus' prayer time was not telling the Father what to do, how to do, and when to do. His prayer time was to find out what God was already doing and then by faith go initiate it. My God, are y'all listening to me this morning? Maybe our prayer life itself is an indictment against us that we don't believe it is finished. We love that sermon where Jesus hung on the cross and says it is finished. Every healing, every miracle, every plan, every purpose, he said it's all done. It's all accomplished. Then if that's the case, maybe there's a level of prayer that he's calling life church to, to come together and saying, Father, we don't have to ask you to save our community. Nobody wants our community saved more than you. Uh, what got this message started was uh, uh, someone had talked to me. I I'm going to make a long trip, and I need you to pray that God be with me. Pray for traveling graces. And when I went to pray, I got to thinking, it was like the Holy Spirit said, do you actually think you got to ask me? 
to go with them? As if if you don't, I'm staying at home? Are y'all following me right now? And I said, oh my God, all of our religious prayers, amen, when I already know that my Bible says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll go with you, even if you go to the end of the world. huh? And some of you are going to drive back to Hebron after church. You're going to the end of the world. But I got new news, brother. Not only... To the end of the world, but you're going to Hazard County. But I got good news. God is already in Hazard County, and He's going to ride with you every step of the way. By God, it reminds me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hate on your community, but it's a hazard to live there, obviously. No wonder He said when He's talking about prayer, He said, He said, don't you know God already knows you need clothes? He already knows you need food. He said, don't you know he already knows all of that? He's, uh, is Jesus not saying? Why are you spending time asking God to do something that he loves you more than you love yourself? Why don't you get in the prayer closet and find out what he's already done, where my provisions are coming from? Is anybody receiving this word? Amen. And then I can start working towards my God, where's dust in that? Maybe the prayer shouldn't be, God, would you help me in my finances so I can buy a lot more <laughs> to getting in the presence of God and hearing God say, well, you, let's talk about tithing. But wait a minute, Lord. <laughs> uh, wait a minute, Lord. Let's, let's, uh, that, 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 ain't what, uh, that ain't what I want to talk about. My God, are y'all listening to me? God is trying to stretch your mindset that we pray for menial things that should not have to be prayed for. Because let me tell you what, I'm not the perfect dad, but I'm an awesome granddaddy. I'm not the perfect dad, but don't one of my kids have to manipulate me. They ain't never had to manipulate me to give them anything or get them anything, and they have never had to ask me one time to make sure they had food on the table. Can I just talk to you this morning? They have never one time had to question if I was not going to make a way for them because they knew I had an exhaustive love for them that I was going to do without if it took it. Are you following me? So why we have a misconception of this heavenly father Father of ours that we think we got to beg him over all of these oh God I can't help myself menial things when God is saying why don't you just come in here and ask me what I've already done why don't you just come in here and see the great big plans I got for you come in here and see everything I've written out for your life so you can start moving in that direction whoa God I'm helping myself I ain't helping nobody got a plan for me I'm glad for the plan he's got for you go for it but he's got one for me and now this mystery can be revealed I ain't got to live the rest of my life knowing not knowing I ain't got to go on not knowing because why would Jesus pay such a high price for me to walk in the intended plan of God and then God hide it from me Oh, is anybody in here this morning? He said, I just need you to get to the place of communion and understand that prayer is not trying to manipulate Santa Claus. 
You're not sitting on Santa Claus' lap telling him all the things you need. He's your father. He's your father. I had Josh's life planned out for him. He didn't have to worry about no plan. I had it. It wasn't the right one, but I had it. Amen. I was a successful logger. I had a business. It was growing. We made Loggers Magazine. Me and my dad working side by side, just doing good. How he was working every summer with me, walking around when he wasn't big enough to drag a saw around. Wouldn't let him use it, but I'd make him tote it. Come on, boy. Pick a thing up. Amen. Get that tape. Measure that log. Amen. I had it planned out. Family business. Going right on, just, just, just to do a bad. Had it planned out. Why? Because I cared about his future. I had an expected end for him. And did God blow my mind? Huh? Made me sell my business. Hardest thing I ever did. Made me sell it, turn it, go in a different direction. Amen. Are you following me? Because he had another plan for my life. And may I submit to you, when God gave me his plan, I wanted to hold on to my plan. Having said that, did y'all notice my text? The parable started with, except you forsake your way and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And the parable ends with, unless you deny yourself, I don't know what it said, Nisha, you got it? Except you deny yourself and follow after me, you cannot be my disciple. See, so likewise, this is the last, whosoever he be of you that, forsake, uh, of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he can't be my disciple. You cannot walk in God's plan until you're willing to forsake your plan. There's the problem. And really, your plan ain't working out too good. And I'll be honest with you. I was a pretty wealthy logger. Doing real good. I thought it was a good plan. And it's what I love to do. So when it comes time to embrace God's plan and let go of my plan, it was a struggle. But my, 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 my. When I started walking in his plan, I can't begin to tell you the fulfillment. And then he brought my kids. Shelly testified. Brought my kids. Put them in their plans. Are you following me this morning? Amen. And it's fulfillment that I can never imagine. You make me plumb mad if you try to hand me a power saw. Ask Bill. I won't do it. Are you following me? He's got a plan for you. But if you're not willing to forsake your own plan and your own ideas and your own ways, you can never step into the plan of God. That's why a plan, this parable started with taking up your cross and following him and it ends with taking up. God's plan requires sacrifice in the beginning and in the end. Only sacrifice can hold a plan together. Huh? How many diet plans have you started? Oh, that was good right there. Y'all was quiet. <laughs> huh? How many plexus, ketosis? Come on, help me out. Uh-huh. Yeah. All these plans we start, the plan can be great, but if it ain't bookend by sacrifice, none of them will work. None of them will work. It's the same way in your spirit. 
if you haven't seen it enough in the spirit and caught the revelation and then couple that with sacrifice and say, God, I'm leaving my plan that I can follow your plan, you'll never walk in the fullness that God has for you. Y'all got it? He has a plan for you. I, I feel like it's time for me to stop. But from now on, I want you to go back to the word and look. Every time there was any element of accomplishment, it began with a plan. Joshua was finna go attack Jericho. And there stood a man. He was in a place of contemplation and prayer. And the Lord showed up with his sword in his hand saying, I come to give you the plan. This is what I want you to do. March around the city. Get seven priests. Put seven trumpets in their hand. March around the city. One time a day, seventh day, do it seven days. Here's the plan. And then you're going to walk into the city and you're going to take everything. He had the plan. You cannot be successful in winning any battles in your life if you don't know what God's already done in that battle. David was fighting the Philistines. Before he went to battle, he went into the prayer and said, Lord, should I go up against this army? God said, absolutely, go up. Go up, I'm going to deliver them into your hand. There's the plan. David went out by faith to execute what he heard in prayer. He won the battle, was enjoying the spoils, living, and the Bible says, here come the enemy again. David went back to God and said, Lord, do I go up against this enemy? He said, not this time. I want you to go around behind them. Stand by the mulberry trees, and when you hear the sound of marching in the trees, go get them. The plan changed, but there was still a plan. Are you following me this morning? Every day, God is ready and willing to reveal to us the direction we should be walking in. What if we started realizing this and started stopping and saying, okay, God, what's the plan? What's the direction? And he said, you got a spirit in you now that's going to reveal to you all the things that God has in store for you that you can begin to walk in them plans. Stand with me all over this building. I have so chewed on this concept since God began to speak to me. And I'm not telling you anything I'm not doing by experience. Because on Easter Sunday, we started a quest here of a Saturday night service for seven weeks in a row to where our whole goal was to come here and start saying, God, what is your plan? And in seven weeks, in 50 days, God's soul began to open up stuff and revelation and direction like I have not received in my 20-some odd years of ministry. Never seen clarity like I see it now. Never got downloads of God's prophetic word, amen, into my life of where to go, how to go, what to do like I have now. I'm challenging you. And the only way he could do it, though, was in those prayer times. 
I would hold everything I believed up to God and say, God, I want to show you everything that's corrupt about my way of thinking. Show me everything that is corrupt in my way of believing. Show me everything about my plan that is hindering your plan. And week after week, in my seeking, he began to transform it. He began to show me because I really began to want to see. The question is to you in this altar call, do you really even want to see? Your pastor... Your pastor found himself in here repenting about my ways not being God's ways and my thoughts not being your thoughts. Forgive me, O Lord, and give me your thoughts, your will, your direction. And in my repentance, he began to give me clarity. He began to give me clarity, and it has only just begun. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.